0: Hello, 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 people. My name is Aman Seth, and you're listening to The Pod Store. Uh, I know it's been a long time since I last came to you, and I apologize for that. But I promise there's a lot more coming from me in the very near future. And I'm going to talk about that at the end of today's show. So stick around for that. And of course, uh, for this really fun and insightful show that we've brought for you today. And I really hope that you all are safe and keeping healthy during this absolutely ridiculous time. Uh, Please, please, please try and take care of yours and your family's mental and physical health, in fact. And uh, here's me hoping that uh, we can get out of this phase very, very soon. Uh, Anyway, let's get on with today's show. And well, uh, as the title suggests, today's show is about murder and crime. And before I introduce uh, you to our amazing guest for today, who I'm really excited to have this conversation with, uh, I want to start this off with a story for all you listeners. Uh, By now, I'm pretty sure you might have heard about the Hathras Rape incident. Uh, If you haven't, I would really request you to go and read about it. And in fact, I'm going to put up a few links for you to uh, a few resources where you can read up about this entire incident. So uh, on 14 September 2020, uh, a 19-year-old Dalit woman was gang-raped in Hathras district, Uttar Pradesh, uh, allegedly by four upper-caste men. Uh, after fighting for her life for around two weeks, uh, she died uh, in a Delhi hospital. Uh, initially, it was reported that one accused had tried to kill her, uh, though la- uh, later on, uh, it was uh, in her statement to the magistrate, the victim named four accused as having raped her. The victim's brother also claimed that there were no arrests made uh, up until about ten days after the first uh, after the uh, the rape the incident took place. After her death, uh, the victim was forcibly cremated by the police without the consent of her family. A claim that has been de- denied by the police, but the act has been reportedly caught on uh, the camera by a number of journalists. Uh, uh, protests have since broken out in the district, as a, in fact, in the entire country due to the mishandling of the state as well as the apparent support of the administration towards the four accused men given their status of being upper caste Hindus. Uh, now, I do not like to believe that I am informed enough given my privilege as an upper caste Hindu uh, male. But I'm trying to educate myself about the mistreatment of Dalits in our country. And what kind of discrimination happens against them when it comes to the criminal justice system. And I request you to do the same. Educate yourself about it and learn from your Dalit friends, which is the least that you can do to help support their movement. Uh, and now to talk more about this, the criminal justice system as well as the police procedures and about their own podcast, of course, I have with me Aditi Sahai, who's the co-host of khuni the Crimes of India podcast uh hi aditi welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for doing this
1: hi aman uh, thank you for having me i'm very glad to be doing this with you
0: uh all right uh, so uh i want to talk about i really wanted to talk about my love for true crime and I, I think i would start with that uh so you know you see my love and i'm not sure if i should use that word <laughs> for true crime began with the reading readings about the likes of the zodiac edmund camper Charles Manson, and of course, Ted Bundy. Uh, And I know this makes me sound like a sociopath, but then I also fell in love with the stories being told about these guys (laughs) through uh, various media. Uh, Doing research around the lives of OJ Simpson, Robert Durst, as well as Stephen Avery very, very recently became the sole mission of my life. The only problem was that I couldn't find such stories being told about Indian serial killers. Uh, until one fine late August night, on my quest to discover great podcasts, <laughs> I came across Kuni: The Crimes of India. Uh, I immediately fell in love with the podcast on how these two women were telling these chilling stories uh, with so much detail that I just couldn't, uh, you know, help but uh, bingeing the whole thing throughout the night. And since that day, I haven't missed an episode. So yeah, Aditi, tell us about your podcast, your show, and how you arrived at the idea of doing this pod.
1: Uh, so, how I arrived uh, at the idea of doing this podcast was the very same way you got into true crime, uh, listening to you know shows about uh, shows from the US and UK about all these vile serial killers and everything. Like when I was in college, which was many many moons ago, I used to binge on this show about serial killers. Okay, and everybody around me thought I was insane, basically. But uh, fiction, from fiction, I kind of moved on to true crime and I started listening to podcasts uh, because they're easier to listen to. You can be doing just about anything you want while listening to the right. most horrible crimes and massacres that have happened, <laughs> <laughs> like you could be washing dishes <laughs> and you could be learning about a carnage. So yeah, so I got into true crime like that. And like much like you, I also realized that there wasn't similar content in India. Uh, So initially uh, I found a kindred spirit in Sneha. Even though we've been friends for a long time, we discovered our mutual love for true crime very late. (laughs) But uh, once we did, uh, we started uh, talking about it. And in fact, the initial rollout was supposed to be in September. We were supposed to plan the whole thing meticulously and roll out the podcast right now in September. But then lockdown happened. We both went home. We were very bored. So we decided, why not? Let's just start. So yeah, we're still getting our bearings, but that's the origin story. It's Not the most interesting origins. It's like the most boring origin story of all time, but this is it.
0: In yeah. fact, I relate to this so much because this is exactly what happened with me as well. When I was uh, starting out, I, I didn't plan anything. I just I just pushed myself because of the lockdown when I started doing this. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I said, this is how I discovered your show uh, and I and I want to talk to you more about you know the cases that you have covered till now and and some of the some of the cases that you've covered till now and how has the experience been up until now
1: uh so far the experience has been a bit of a blur for us because like we said uh, we were supposed to plan this out uh, in advance but we didn't do that. So for a long time, we were working on a week to week basis. Now we have sort of gotten a more handle on things, but uh, yeah, it's like, you know, you have your job in the, throughout the day, then in the evening, you reserve some time for research and uh, yeah, you type out scripts till late in the night. Uh, so it's been kind of a blur for both of us, I think, Right, yeah, but we're trying to manage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Uh, uh, okay. Anyway, so you know as a consumer of of such content it's it's anyway so difficult to consume because when you're when you're listening when you're getting into the details it's it's tough you know to take them through your mind and, and digest them but as a creator how hard has this process been because you go through so much details you go through judgments you go through evidences and so much research that you do how hard has this process been for you two as creators
1: so the habit of researching has kind of been there since our college days, because uh, we both studied law. For five years, uh, there was so much research involved in the study of law that you sort of get to it. You're also getting judgments as well. Uh, so yeah, that that habit has helped us transition to this podcast really well. It's been easier. Uh, it, the research itself is a little difficult because, uh, we rely on secondary sources. So Sneha and I often uh, rue the fact that we are just a tertiary source of information right. because we rely on the uh, on what the journalists are writing, what they are saying, and even the things that are presented in course, court, they are also secondary sources as well because even if some set of evidence is presented, the prosecution will interpret it in one way, defense will interpret it in another way, and the judge will have his own observations. So we rely on other people's observation of the actual event, instead of uh, doing primary research, which for a lot of reasons we cannot do at the moment, even though we would love to. So yeah, that is the one aspect of my podcast that I'm still struggling with. Uh, But in future, I would definitely like to be in a position if I have enough monetary resources and if I have more people, you know, then I could maybe uh, dive uh, sort of divert into that.
0: Right, and this is a small shout out to the listeners. Please, please, please go ahead and go support their podcast and podcasts in general. It's a, it's a really good scene. It's a young scene, but it's a really good. Yeah. to Go out there and support the podcast creators. Uh, anyways, like you, like you mentioned mm-hmm. that you know, uh, you've been in the justice system in India. You've you've been in the legal system in India. I should say. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think yeah. are the in, in your opinion, in your bro- broader opinion, what do you think are the flaws of the entire criminal justice system in India? Uh,
1: flaws of the entire criminal justice system in India is a massive, massive topic. Right. Something that, uh, because technically I'm not part of the criminal justice system at all. I think if I were a criminal lawyer, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah,
1: this is something we both have discussed also. But my limited just a lay person's understanding is uh, first of all access to justice is very limited this is the primary point of focus right Uh, for example you started this podcast with the Hathras episode right Uh, so I would just like to say that uh, your caste your faith your gender uh, and your uh, economic status determines your access to justice it is the First thing, going to a police officer, registering an FIR depends on these four factors. So it shouldn't be like that. So I think this is the first flaw of the criminal justice system. The other is uh, that our police is heavily influenced by politics. We saw that uh, in the Delhi riots as, as well. Uh, manufacturing evidence or openly letting people of one ideology lose you know, to cause murder and everything. So political bias is there, uh, even though it shouldn't be, Uh, Mm -hmm. even though for most, uh, if you look at the uh, service conduct rules for central government officers, which applies to IPS officers, they are supposed to not be politically biased, but even then they flout the rules. Um, There is an ex-IPS officer called uh, Nageshwar Rao, Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he is very open about his pro-Hindutva ideology on Twitter. And he he is just recently retired, but uh, he's been saying things like that even when he was in service. He was uh, temporarily, he was heading the CBI also. So that is a major problem. Then you are openly majoritarian, Right. You can't yep. have that because right. then you're not ensuring justice for the most marginalized people in this country, right. which is very important. The other thing, of course, is um, there is no system of scientific investigation in most parts of the country, very little reliance on DNA. So ultimately, things always boil down to eyewitness accounts, which are extremely unreliable in court. You cannot have a full con- Simply based on what one witness said. It's, you know, so use of DNA evidence, even though we have some infrastructure for DNA analysis, it's not so pervasive, especially for a country the size of India. The other problem is a very, very low conviction rate. And the conviction rate on crimes goes on decreasing the more marginalized you are. For example, uh, if you look at NCRB website, they release separate statistics. Statistics for crimes against SCST community, right? You right. compare the number of cases filed and you look at the convictions that have happened. It is abysmal. Abysmal. Okay. So that is also the pace of justice is very slow. People people get justice after ten years, twelve years.
0: Right. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, uh, you, you talked about uh, the access to justice uh, in the very first part of your of your mm-hmm. answer, and and I, I immediately went back to this this uh, episode that you did on the Nithari Kant, where in fact it was the it was sort of the first time that I learned about about this aspect of it, wherein you you mentioned and it's it's been reported as well that how the the people who were who were victims could not in fact they were they were not able to access the 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 even uh, access they were not even able to go to the police they were not even able to re- register their first complaints which was which was so terrible because mm-hmm. so many lives if if the police had registered the uh, the complaints in the very first instances yeah. so many lives could have been saved and even later even later what happened was uh, the the police was sort of siding on the on the accused yeah. side, they were they were sort of being a little partial to it's it's been clearly reported that they were being uh, partial towards the accused, uh, which is which showed a very clear sort of a divide in how different sort of mm-hmm. spectrum of people get access to their uh, their sort of justice, uh, which is again like you mentioned it's 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 just not how it should be. Uh, And yeah, and this, uh, I think this is one point that I really wanted to talk to you about, especially given what's happening right now. And that's that's the whole media trial thing. I want to talk about how, you know, in in such, such huge cases or such, such big cases Mm -hmm. that come out in light, why do they become a mockery or how does this happen that they become a mockery when when media gets involved and we have seen this in a large number of cases we have seen we are seeing this currently with what's happening with riya chakrabarty or we saw this back in 2008 with the noida double murder case uh, or even if it if it was you know the earlier media in 1990s when jessica lal's murder happened you know so we've seen this all along why does this happen and or why are we allowing this to happen
1: yeah My own understanding is that uh, you get the product you want to consume, I think. Um, We, I think people, people like me, or even people like you, from the sound of it, we become very outraged that things like these are being fed to us on our television channels. But the thing to really see is we need to look beyond us, look to our own families and our own communities. They are sitting and consuming this content. They're not just sitting and consuming, they're also getting impacted by it. So uh, when I was doing the Arushi, uh, sorry, the Noida double murder episode, I made a note of it in the beginning of the first episode itself. I said that my father would sit in the drawing room and he would listen to this news coverage that was being done on this 14 year old girl talking about her character and how, you know, her being rich made her a brat and how she was a loose character and comparing it to me. We consume that kind of content. Right. It is very popular in our families. People will, I mean, my I, I hear my own neighbors blaring that 24-7, like the Sushant Singh Rajput diatribe was, like, I could hear it from my apartment. Right. So it depends. We get the content because we are consuming it. So I think that is a problem. And uh, in general, India's audience is, uh, if you see, like, our middle class uh mostly Hindu, mostly upper caste audience, which owns TV sets, has an appetite for misogynistic, Islamophobic and casteist content. It does. Right. You see, like, yeah, so that's why we get the content we want. And media, and I think even when there is a positive spin, for example, the only exception is the Jessica Lal murder case, like you mentioned, in which the media actually played a positive right. role in this for Jessica Lal, because right. the courts failed that also I don't think necessarily is a positive thing. Because first of all, that was a a people's movement that media basically hijacked. Like. Secondly, it was this, it creates this pitchfork mob mentality among the people that oh, this, even Jessica Lal was like, she was not Hindu, but she was definitely she belonged to middle, she belonged to a middle class family, which resonated with people like my family. So uh, they also get to the oh, Women from our communities are getting targeted by people richer than us or poorer than us. So we are going to rage against the issue. So that's what happened with Jyoti Singh. That's what happened with Jessica Lal as well. Right. In
0: fact, in fact, you are absolutely right because I was just going through the bark numbers a few day, a few weeks ago. In fact, and w- well, now the bark numbers are also now in question. But uh, yeah, the numbers suggested that you know up until December of last year, or Jan, even January of this year, the English news consumption was around 17 lakh uh, per night uh, at, at the prime time slot. And and just yeah. during this, this phase, this period of when the news about the Sushant Singh Rajput death was being shown, or the news about you know, the whole Bollywood thing was shown, the viewership rose to around 2 crore mm-hmm. per night, which was absolutely ridiculous, but then I again, I I, I had thought about that, and it was very clear that if if my own family is interested in that, then why not why not others who feed mm-hmm. onto this? We we really feed onto uh, misfortune yeah. of others. So yeah, it's you're absolutely right there. Anyway. Uh, again so you know okay media does get involved and like you mentioned uh, uh, in the jessica lal uh, case uh, media pushed uh, to get justice for her but uh, we've seen and we've seen this happen a lot mm-hmm. recently that investigations by the police or the agencies uh, uh, these these investigations get uh, influenced a lot by media trials and i wouldn't just uh, keep it to media yeah. trials but obviously like yeah. you mentioned earlier that it it also follows a narrative political na- narrative sometimes uh wh- how does this affect the criminal justice system again it's sort of going back to the earlier question but then do we have a solution towards this is do we do we really, can we really help or uh, do better in this in this sort of a system
1: Uh, So for this, I would like to draw your attention to uh, a a rape and murder that happened in uh, Telangana, the Disha murder rape. if you remember, it became a major issue, uh, because a, a woman was gang raped, and I think she was murdered, then the four accused were caught. And then there was a massive backlash. Right? right? Mostly it was led by, I think it started with local news news media, then it caught national attention, then people got involved, you know, there was, there was a lot of outrage. Ultimately, police took them, you know, encountered them, quote unquote. Right. Right. So this is what happens when media gets involved. That is why I say that even media involvement is a double-edged sword, even in Jessica Lal case, because these aren't, media doesn't benefit from social causes media only benefits from people's involvement in social causes it co-opts popular movements and presents it as its own victory or as its own struggle in doing so it also pushes certain narratives so it doesn't help in getting justice i mean obviously we know that it mm. never help it, it just only leads to extrajudicial killings i think the only solution is this, I mean, it is able to exploit these, uh, uh, these sentiments, because people crave justice, people know that most of the times culprits are not caught, or if they are caught, they are not convicted, or if they or if even if they are caught, and if the, even if there is a trial, the trial is prolonged, it pushed, it goes on till years and years. So people know that there is very less chance of justice, and so media latches onto this sentiment, and it just it, it unleashes mob mentality on people who are trying to do their jobs, right. and this affects with the procedure. It right. happened uh, if uh, it happened in the Noida double murder also police kept changing its version because police was influenced by media narrative when it was being accused of being anti poor like uh, uh, targeting the servants in the case then they started targeting talwars when uh, when the media started uh, championing the cause of the talwars then you know i mean it was a whole mess it, it yeah. and the police were and the police what they also do is that they leak information to the media so that media can then media can mold public opinion in the favor of what the police is doing so it is a two-way i'll scratch your back you scratch mine right. kind of a issue that's why it impacts the only way to resolve this issue is to have is to overhaul the way police works and to ensure uh, in, it, again it comes down to what i said earlier the more scientific methods of investigations so that people are caught quickly uh fast track courts so that uh cases are resolved quickly and uh, you know there should people who are perpetrating these crimes they should be scared of what might happen to them otherwise they'll keep happening and we can keep asking for death penalty but it will make zero difference absolutely
0: so, yeah. absolutely uh, this this i want to follow this up with you know just about this point itself of of, of an encounter let's say wherein we see uh, and again quote unquote you're absolutely right quote unquote uh encounter we see a lot of you know cheer from from the public f- when when cops go ahead and they kill or they sort of close the investigation by doing this encounter uh which is again it's it's not legal but people cheer for it people people go ahead and they they celebrate it and we saw this when the vikas Dubey encounter sort of happened and uh, everyone was at at some point they were celebrating it. Again, it's uh, they were they they thought that it was right, but they do not realize it until they themselves are the collateral damage of it, right? Yeah. So, uh, and and again for the listeners, I would I would request you to go and listen to their uh, podcast about the Vikas Dubey encounter, where they clearly explain. Why the encounter process is encounter isn't sort of a legal term. It's it's just a term that is used among the investigating investigating agencies, and it has sort of gotten them off the hook a lot of the times. And I want to carry on with this. And uh, and we know that you know encounters are sort of not legal now. So what kind of uh, procedure is the police supposed to follow? And you know uh, with with regards to uh, when it comes to encounters.
1: There is no procedure with regard to encounter because, like I said, it's not a legal term. Okay. How the police justify it is by saying, see, the police under Code of Criminal Procedure, the police are entitled to use, quote-unquote, all means necessary to effect an arrest, uh, sorry, to effect an arrest when a person forcibly uh, or attempts to evade arrest. That's the legal, this is Section 46 of Code of Criminal Procedure. Okay. So, basically, it gives this is a, this is a very wide language right it gives a carte blanche to the police to effectively do whatever they can they want they can say that oh this we were trying to arrest this person he was running away so we shot him which is essentially what they did in the disha case also right 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 so it is embedded in our legal system that the police can do whatever is in their power they can shoot a person they can beat a person and even with the Vikas Dube case, they said that they didn't say that uh, we were trying to kill him. They said that Vikas Dube grabbed a constable's gun and he tried to run away. So right. we had to give chase, and uh, we shot him. That's that's what. And this is the Section Forty Six of CRPC is giving them that carte blanche to sort of do whatever they want, however they want to spin the story. Right. So yeah, unless the courts are more vigilant about this, this will keep happening. I mean. I, I don't know that otherwise there is no legal sanction for encounters it is essentially an extrajudicial killing
0: Killing right right and something like this when when it happens in the us we have seen how a number of times you know the police fall under the qualified immunity and they are not punished when the cops say kill somebody and it it happened recently as well and it and the judicial system then finds it so difficult to Make a case against somebody like this who's saying that you know I am I fall under the qualified immunity or I I've sort of followed the procedure that is mentioned in the books or in the law. So yeah, this is this is absolutely terrible. But uh, another question that uh, that sort of arises from this is, is the police yeah. using this or the or or all agencies? I won't you know restrict this to the police. Uh, are they using it to uh, sort of mistreat or? discriminate against a certain section of the society uh, and if yes again how is, is there can we find a solution to this uh,
1: so uh since you mentioned qualified immunity i i would like to start with that right uh, qualified immunity legally there is a it comes from legislation in the us there is no similar concept of qualified immunity in india right. And qualified immunity, even in the US, is for civil action against uh, police officers. For example, if the case goes to court, because the standard of evidence is very high, people are not able to prove their case, uh, the policeman will not be convicted. Alternatively, they can file a civil complaint where standard of evidence is considerably lower, Mm -hmm. and the court will say, this probably happened, so the petitioner can be uh, compensated right. it protects the police from similar kind of actions we don't have a concept of qualified immunity in india there right. is no similar concept regarding immunity to police officers fortunately our courts have taken a very uh, proactive stance on this issue there is a case called uh, prakash versus union of india it came out uh, way back in 2006 uh in this case, the petitioner the, had highlighted abuse of power by the police and uh, political. But the, basically, they said that police acted under political bias, right, against uh, against the petitioners. Uh, so in that case, the court had very comprehensively laid down the problems ailing the police system, and they had uh, laid down a list of guidelines uh, to reform to bring out some reforms. So uh, they talked about a lot of things. For example, they talked about setting up a state security commission, you know, which would basically be the police within the police. You know, Uh, they also talked about uh, police establishment board, which would uh, govern postings, transfers, promotions, etc. So this would relieve political pressure from the police, which is the main reason why these killings even happen. Then uh, they also talked about uh, establishing police complaint authorities, which would look into aspects of police misconduct. Right. So these are this is is just some of the uh, I'm not doing a full discussion on the case, right. but uh, these are just some of the uh, suggestions the court had, and this was all co- uh, sort of collected and collated into something called the Model Police Act, which right. um, the which has not been adopted by the country. So policing is a state subject every right. state needs to individually adopt and implement the model police act i think i don't think any state has uh, even the pr- uh, provisions that have been adopted by states have been considerably watered down which means no real change has taken no effective change has taken place on ground so yeah that is a major issue here
0: right uh, and and again carrying forward with this point itself you talked about how there are systems in place which could be utilized but they are not utilized there is also another conversation yeah. going around and that's 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 majorly happening in the us but not in india at all in fact right now but uh, that the that conversation is around uh, mm-hmm. res- sharing of responsibilities of of Tasks that are currently being undertaken by the police. So there are a lot of processes, a lot of tasks that the police themselves undertake that could be shared with. A lot of other organizations, uh, such as such as uh, looking after uh, the people who are who are suffering with sort of mental health issues, then even even traffic related incidents, and there's a lot of other other areas. Do you think sharing of responsibilities in such uh, in such aspects of of policing will will it help uh, reduce sort of the burden and then uh, make the investigations and make the entire justice system a little better?
1: so this aspect of sharing responsibility sort of sort of exists in india okay not exactly in the way that you're talking about okay. but we have a we have some states have adopted a system of some system of community policing right, right? Uh, where local members of the community they interact with the police you know uh, among themselves they will settle disputes that kind of thing it happens right. like I've, I've seen that in punjab i think it's also present in some southern states. right Kerala and all. I, I don't right. know that right. any state but i know that some form exists right other than that uh mental health etc is not the domain of the police in india at all right so far uh, that i know so okay. uh and even I, I don't know even if you want to split it i don't know how we'll be able to do it because mental health uh mental health care in india the infrastructure itself is extremely poor. I mean, if you don't have money, you are not getting any mental health support.
0: Uh, anyway, this this, this uh, conversation around the police procedure, the police system in India, I think all we can say or do right now is that there is sort of an independence required in the system that will probably help to make system better for people who are like you mentioned, are not getting access to justice because that is the most important thing currently, as far as I am concerned. I'm okay, I'm also concerned about equal justice for everybody, but uh, equal justice will only prevail if those sections of the society that are not currently getting access to justice equally as the others, or like you and I would, uh, that would be the most important thing in my mind. Okay, so uh, again, uh, this was a great conversation. And again, if you want to know about, uh, this is for our listeners, if you guys want to know more about such systems and such more so cases, like she mentioned about the uh, community policing situation in india there's a case that they covered the sheena bora murder case wherein they talk about this a little bit so make sure that you go and listen to that as well but anyway aditi let's let's move on to the final segment wherein i want to you know talk about i want to uh, uh, for for our listeners i want you to give a couple of recommendations of what they can listen to what they can read or go through uh, to be better informed about these issues and form better opinion uh, opinions on these issues
1: Uh, one book that i'm currently reading myself and something i would recommend everybody uh, not everybody uh, specifically i would recommend your uh, so called upper caste hindu listeners uh to go through is this collection of essays called uh, dalit women speak out uh it's available on this uh, web, uh on a online bookstore it's called zuban i think even generally it would be available uh please go through it uh, there are essays on effect of viol- specific essays on uh effect of violence on dalit women uh it will uh, it will really enhance our knowledge on how Dalit, how caste makes you even more vulnerable and invisible to the justice system so uh, this would be my number one recommendation the other recommendation uh, is uh, do you remember kunan Pushpura? it's about a yeah. it's about a, a, a it's about a military action that took place in Kashmir. It, it has not been documented properly. I recommend you read that too. We would be doing an epi- episode on it also uh, sometime in the future. Uh, so yeah. And uh, the third book I read is uh, by uh, is a book called Tara Koshal. She is an uh, she basically uh, it, it was it's a work of investigative journalism. It's called Why Men Rape. So she went undercover. She spoke to a lot of men. She talked to them about men who had. Who have, been, you know, who have been accused of rape or convicted rapists and she talked to them about why they did what they did. So these are the three things that I would recommend for now.
0: Right. And what we'll do is we'll put the links for all these resources wherever we can get them in the show notes. So please check them out. Uh, and yeah, just one last recommendation that I want from you is uh, sort of a pop culture reference that you would have or pop culture books, movies, shows that people should follow if they are into true crime.
1: Sure, sure. So Sneha, Sneha sent me a whole list. So uh, first of all, I I would like to plug a podcast uh, with which we also collabed. It's called Bhartiya Janta Podcast. Uh, three, it's run by three, co-hosted by three guys and they're hilarious and they have an amazing take on Indian politics. Right. So please do go listen to them. The other podcast we list, we always talk about Last Podcast on the Left, which is based in the US. It's sort of right. a comedy uh, with crime podcast it's it's a very nice like it's a very g- good amalgamation of the two uh other than that uh the a show that we would love to recommend is mind hunter uh, tiger king and uh, uh, Ted Bundy tapes, uh, confessions of a killer, so that right. one. So yeah, so these are the these are the ones that we try to like to recommend.
0: Right, uh, and in fact, if you haven't seen uh, the Tiger King through the lockdown, I don't know what you've done. Please, 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 yeah. please go check it out. It's <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant, and it's sort of still, uh, you know, it's it's still taking place in reality as well alongside hmm. the, the show itself. So yeah, so you go check that out. And Direct. like
1: Bad Boy Billionaires is also great, I think. Right. In fact, I
0: just finished it's, watching it and I was, yeah. I was so, so fascinated by you know, uh, Vijay Mallya saying that uh, I am nowhere near <laughs> as bankrupt as Mr. Donald Trump. <laughs> Turns out both of them are. So... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, that go ahead and look out for these shows. And make sure that you, again, we'll put the link in the show notes for all the resources that Aditi has mentioned. And most importantly, go and check their podcast out. I love it. And I am pretty sure that you guys <laughs> will love it too. Uh, Make sure that you guys uh, support support them by buying their merchandise and support them on their Instagram page. Uh, Their uh, Instagram page, again, we'll put the link in the show notes. So make sure that you check that out. Please, please, please follow me on Instagram as well, if you can. And last but not the least, I am doing a lot of content. I'm uh, doing another podcast in a uh, couple of days. So make sure that you check that out. And I'll be doing my newspaper talk show this Saturday. And in fact, every Saturday. So again, check that out on the YouTube channel thank you so much thank you aditi for joining me thank
1: you it's been great fun
0: it's been great fun bye guys bye